gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Do you want to build your Xamarin Forms apps faster and with less bugs? Or maybe you keep on getting stunned by the same old issues in Xamarin Android development. Now you can with MFractor for Visual Studio Mac. MFractor makes Xamarin app development in Visual Studio Mac much easier. Use the Xamarin Forms code analysis and generation tools to make working with XAML a breeze. And take the sting out of Android development with Resource IntelliSense or mobile-specific C-sharp code analyzers. MFractor will free up time for you to write the core app code that actually makes your business money. You can get started with MFractor today by visiting www.mfractor.com and downloading it now. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. How's it going, John? Well, I'm knee-deep in boxes, packing things up. I'm getting ready to, to ship out to a new uh, new house, new house, new office. That's right. That's right. How how far is the move for you? Oh, you know, yeah, well, it depends if you're talking American or rest of the world, but it's, it's maybe 10 kilometers or so, whatever that is in an American we're going there already, huh? Well, I think I'm I think <laughs> yeah. I'm outnumbered two to one on Canadian to American on this one. So on that note, we may as well just just loop in our guest here, and, and I'll I'll be fully outnumbered. So so I'm excited for for this episode to to welcome Jerome Lebon to to the show, who's been working on uh, some pretty cool stuff with the Uno platform. How's it going? It's going well. How are you guys? Great. I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about this one. I know we've been kind of going back and forth for a little while. I've had my, I know I've had my eye on, on this project just as something really interesting going on in the community for a while. So I'm, so I'm really excited to, to dig into it. So, I mean, why don't, why don't we start with the sort of the, the 30,000 foot view and, and then really dive in. So like, what is Uno? So basically what Uno is, uh, it's a way to do XAML cross-platform on iOS, Android, and uh, WebAssembly. So basically run, uh, create your application on Windows using uh, XAML and UWP and make it run on iOS, Android, and WebAssembly as well. So uh, that, that's the very high level view of it. So, I mean, this seems like quite a bit of work and like besides the obvious, you know, advantages of it, like what really drove you to say, sit down and be like, I'm going to make this thing and, and actually do it? Um, well, it, it's, it's been a quite a long journey. The, uh, the, the story began quite a long time ago, about three, no, let's say four to five years ago when we were uh, doing some Xamarin and uh, UWP, my, my company uh, um, and, my, and my boss were doing a lot of uh, Windows development, uh, Windows phone development at that time. And and uh, you, Microsoft was kind of uh, changing gears in terms of, of going with uh, Windows development, XAML development. And uh, we were wondering with, with everything going on in iOS and Android, what, what could be done to, to develop uh, on those platforms as well. We we have uh, we had at that time quite a bit of developers and still do have a lot of developers that do XAML development and you know what could we do to reuse all those skills that we have on the floor and and, and to just go ahead to, with uh, with creating great apps and uh, and performant apps on those platforms so we were pondering what what could be done at that time and there was Xamarin Native uh, and only Xamarin Native at that time um, and we tried a few projects you know, directly on iOS and Android and. Uh, it was not was not what the, you know, the best experience because it would require lots of uh, platform specific skills and uh, and uh, you know, anything that goes with data binding and things that that comes with uh, with the XAML and all that were not available at that time. Um, so we, we we tried to do some things with. Uh, 
creating creating XAML and, and a few proof of concept to, to see what would happen if we went that direction. And and one thing led to another. We we tried to <laughs> we, we ended up you know doing our own XAML parser, implementing all the native primitives that comes with uh, with UWP and uh, and uh, you know, it it kind of grew and we, we created a lot of applications with this and uh, and recently you know uh, WebAssembly started going you know <laughs> appearing in the in the landscape and uh, we started at adding that capability as well and it's uh, it's it has a lot of potential yeah so it's interesting to, to hear you say that this goes back like four or five years and I guess this predates uh, sort of Xamarin forms at least you know being sort of out in the wild there um, like how long into the the development process of this was it before you started shipping apps? And and I'm guessing at this point you've your company has shipped a bunch of stuff on this. Well, it, well, we've we've shipped. Uh, I don't remember the number, but it's uh, it's over uh, over a hundred. I don't remember exactly the number, but uh, lots of apps are, are internal apps, so we we can't show them uh, out or your logged in experiences. So it's it's pretty difficult to show. Uh, but the the idea is that uh, we started you know making. Stuff uh, small applications, or uh, or the other way around, it could be you know large applications that were done on UWP first, and then just build up the features uh, inside of Uno to to match the UWP experience. So to a certain extent, the extent obviously, because we couldn't we have not as and had not at the time implemented all of UWP, obviously, because it's pretty large. Um, but it's uh, it, it's been just uh, incremental work of adding new features based on on the, the new experiences that we wanted to add. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously it works on UWP and, and Android and iOS and, and now web uh, assembly. What was the progression of like your platform support? What did that look like over the years? Did you were you immediately wanted to target everything, or did that kind of sort of grow with the project? Uh, no, not everything, obviously. But the 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 silver lining is just you know have everything, which will probably take quite a bit of effort to get there. But still, uh, the the. the the original point was to be able to have just the UI part, so just the XAML, XAML only. Uh, let's say I want to make a, uh, a simple stack panel or a grid or things like that. So we implemented those you new know, uh, incrementally, adding uh, new basic features like, um, let's say, for text rendering, just supporting, uh, not supporting uh, uh, very specific formatting features or, let's say, underlining or things like that. And then... You know, uh, we 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 dealt with the the limitations going forward and adding features based on, on what was required. So, um, and at, at some point, we we determined that well, XAML is fine. We uh, we added features on that, but we said, well, you know, the bootstrapping of of the application was different uh, from iOS and Android at the time, and then said, why not just make all of it uh, available? So, or at least allow for uh, the whole, uh, the whole UWP code base, existing UWP code base, just to compile uh, with Uno. And that's, at the time, we, we just basically took the, the whole UWP API and um, using Roslyn just generated the whole API set and stubbed most of it. And and uh, and added what we had already implemented at the time. So that's why uh, using using Uno uh, currently we are able to take any kind of library and just build them for iOS and Android and and fill the gaps uh, to make them work. That's why we have uh, the Windows Community Toolkit or Prism or things like that that just are the same as the, the original ones, uh, but uh, and it builds uh, on top of Uno and we just 
add features uh, as we go to make uh, new scenarios light up. That's a cool use of Roslyn there too. Um, so kind of digging into the, the, U, the UI side of things that you were mentioning there, I'd be curious to sort of, you know, not just to, to try and boil down Uno and, you know, purely as a comparison to other frameworks, but just using those as a, you know, a frame of reference, like how does it compare to say uh, a Xamarin Forms that, you know, has behind the scenes translates it down to a native iOS control or an Android control, or, or are you doing something more like a, a flutter where you're drawing to like a, an OpenGL canvas? Like which sort of route does Uno take? So, so you, you've mentioned both ends of the spectrum in terms of the way to, to deal with the rendering of the UI. So, so there's a, there's a flutter approach, which is uh, basically the same thing as what Avalonia does, which is basically rendering everything down to the pixel. So uh, they're, they're uh, not using the primitive that come from uh, the UI uh, toolkit that's underneath, uh, which allows for a kind of a the ability to target a greater range of uh, of platforms. So, for instance, targeting Linux or you know a headless, uh, or, you know, maybe a, an embedded system that doesn't provide any kind of UI. Well, they need a frame buffer to work on. So, basically, draw everything and and off they go. I mean, everything will work at that time. Uh, the problem with with that approach is that when there's a and, and Flutter has that issue as well. Is that when you want to reuse what the what the system provides, then it gets difficult. So that one of the reason. Uh, you say Flutter doesn't have an embeddable web browser or doesn't have map support in, it in terms of control because it has to be rendered inside that the canvas. So uh, they need the further control provider to to be in that mode. Uh, and uh, other other problems are, are accessibility or, or new platform support. So for instance, uh, Flutter doesn't have uh, when you're on iOS the the small. Um, uh, the magnifier when you press your finger inside of a text box. So that's the kind of thing that they don't have by default. So it's not exactly the same, and they have to keep up with uh, with the platform every time there are new uh, system features that are available. And the other problem related to that thing is uh, that that state of things is that um, uh, you know it will always be a little bit different every time. Uh, but it allows for a greater flexibility in terms of visual. So it's kind of a trade-off in terms of, of uh, managing all the features that come from, from that. And the other, on the other side of the spectrum, there's Xamarin Forms. Xamarin Forms, on the other hand, is just not drawing anything. It's just using what the platform provides. So for instance, a text box is going to be underneath exactly a text view. There's going to be a, a UI label if, if it's drawing some text. And there's there's it has to... Um, there's, there's, it has to be exactly the same thing as the platform provides. There's no, there's no way to render uh, custom content or things like that aside from going to renders. But if you go for the rather renders, then you have to do one render per, per platform. So that means that if you want to target, let's say, a new platform like uh, WebAssembly or Linux or anything like that, then there's, there has to be a new set of renders for that platform. So, you know, what, what kind of approach does uh, Uno take? Is it kind of a mix in between those two ends of the spectrums or, or how does that work? Yeah, so it's, it's exactly in between. So uh, we wanted to have uh, as, a, as a goal to be able to draw anything that comes uh, you know, with borders and lines and uh, you know, any kind of shapes and things like that. So um, that, that XAML is providing all of this. So it allows to draw, uh, you know, if I sense a button in XAML is drawn you know, in terms of... Um, uh, borders, background, text, uh, ind individual items of, of, of a button, um, as well as uh, what, what is called a visual state. So when you press a button, then the text color changes, the, the background color changes, that kind of things. Um, and 
So that means that the whole button is defined as, as a set of primitives. Um, so that, that, that what is XAML provides. But the problem is that with that approach as well is, is that if you want to use, uh, you know, let's say a native button, then you want to be able to use a UI button or, uh, or a button that comes from Android or, or an input control that comes from uh, uh, HTML. So we took the approach of, of using what XAML provides and the notion of presenter and uh, there's a way to style a button or any kind of control that comes from XAML and use a native presenter. So um, you can use a style in a button and say, well, I can use what the XAML uh, UI provide, which is a set of, of uh, borders and text blocks and things like that. Or in, in, instead, I can just uh, remove everything and at the root of the template for my control, I can use a UI button. So it's just going to look like a native button. So that, that's, that's kind of a... An in between because you can render everything that like like uh, uh, what you would have with a Flutter or or a um, uh, or an Avalonia feature which uh, gives you the same look across platforms or you can have what Xamarin Forms provide which is just the UI uh, the the native look uh, uh, look and feel of the platform. Do you find that like you would sort of lean more towards one or the other in a lot of the the apps that you were doing, or is it really a mix and match sort of thing? Well, it really depends on on the the customers in terms of what we've been doing. Uh, what we've seen is that our designers are picky, and they they really want to have uh, the exact same look and feel across platform. Uh, and for most of it, what it looks what it looks like is that buttons and and uh, you interact interactive elements of uh, of a UI are generally um, cross platform defined so they're going to have a very uh, branded you look and feel that 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 uh, resemble what the client wants uh, but the navigation is going to be a little bit different so uh, it's, it may be using uh, platform queues like for instance on iOS you, there's no back button so on, the, on iOS devices there's no back button so you want to have the, the back uh, back gesture and that back gesture comes with animations and uh, you know top uh, navigation bar that you may want to keep to keep so that's the kind of thing that we we try to uh, to adhere to uh, in terms of uh, making the app not too different uh, with what the you know, a user may expect from an application on its device on his own device. Uh, so that's that's where there's a bit of, of differences. But you know, it's kind of a you can choose you can choose what you want. Uh, I mean, you can you can use the native uh, the native way of doing things, or you can use a completely cross-platform way for doing things. It's just uh, up to the developer. In a in a similar vein, but more from the the developer perspective, like are there for someone maybe you know familiar with UWP, having been doing it for you know regular UWP Windows XAML development for a while, going into Uno. Are there any like big differences to, to be aware of? I mean, obviously you've you've tried really hard to cater to the API service, but are there any gotchas or any like obvious gaps that you know folks should know going into it? Uh, there, so the thing is that we, we're implementing specifically all the, the the basic API. So the most of the thing that people are going to come um, you. Know, Maybe uh, you find in terms of, of developing an application is just missing APIs. So uh, you're going to be able to compile your code and and just run one into some very specific API that we have we have not implemented. Uh, most of the time, those APIs are, are squiggle. So you try to use those APIs, and there's the IntelliSense the Visual Studio will tell you well that that API is not available in Uno. So you may want to uh, use an ifdef to do something else instead, or just use a completely different control. Or you can just basically if the, that feature is not available. All well, you can use the the native control uh, just 
uh, right away. I mean, it's that what we, in terms of, of developing Uno, we said, well, we don't want to have the, the we don't we don't want to be in, in a sandbox completely. We don't want to, uh, for the, if the developer wants to do something that uses the platform directly, it, he can do it. You know, there's no, uh, you have to, com there's no uh, you know, a philosophy of you have to use Uno and nothing else. Because if you do that, then, well, you're stuck. And if you're in the last mile of your project, and then that feature that, that, that you want to use is not available in Uno and you cannot do anything like that, that that's a big problem. So that's why we wanted to, to go that route of, of having the escape hatch of, of, uh, of doing what you want to do, and especially if we have not implemented a feature. So with that in mind, you know, as someone who's got more experience in like the Xamarin Forms world, and I imagine there might be some customers in the same situation, you know, would it be feasible or, or what would it look like for someone to kind of like do a migration or a partial use of Xamarin Forms and with Uno? Is that even possible? Uh, yeah. So we, we've been doing a, a few uh, a few testing in terms of scenario. Um, you know, doing the Xamarin Forms is interesting. So to give you an idea of, of the, the depth of implementation for Xamarin Forms, uh, well, the, the Uno of the UWP API is that we've been able to take the, uh, the Xamarin Forms UWP implementation. So uh, really the live itself uh, and use the code that runs on Windows to do Xamarin Forms, to, to make run uh, Xamarin Forms application, build that on top of Uno and make it run on WebAssembly. So to, to give you a bit of an idea of what that, that gives uh, in terms of uh, implementation. So we've been looking at um, uh, extending scenarios like um, for a, a customer that has a Xamarin Forms application or Xamarin Forms controls or things like that, and and, and use the feature uh, that was added recently in Xamarin Forms, which is a, which gives the ability to take part of a page or a control and make it and, and transform it into. Uh, uh, native control. So, for instance, there was a, there's a way to take uh, a page that comes from Xamarin Forms and make it a, a UI view controller, or, or uh, I don't remember exactly which one that is. Or in Windows, it, it can transform a page into a framework element. So that's the kind of APIs that we can use to to uh, uh, let's say ease up the transition if if a customer wants to go from one side to the other. Um, and, and the other way around works as well. I mean, you, you can use uh, you can use Uno controls inside of a of a Xamarin Forms application because a Uno control is just nothing more than a, a UI view or a view group. So it, it works both ways. Sorry, are you able to like you know help uh, the transition with things even like the the navig the way that Forms does like the navigation? So if I had a you know an, an actual Forms app that um, I want to run in WebAssembly, um, you know what's what's it look like from a, a migration perspective? Do I have to uh, do a lot of work, or am I pretty much going to be able to open my solution, compile it, and run it in WebAssembly? Well, that's uh, in terms of what we've been doing for Xamarin Forms. Yes, it pretty much looks like this, but uh, down to the point of some features that may not be implemented. But it it it's possible. So it the idea would be that we know is is not present in in the in the development. It's just used as a segue to run on WebAssembly. Uh, but the point is is to be able to use the feature that 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 comes from Uno. So so. Uh, you know, let's say the, the advanced feature that comes from text block and things like that, that, that uh, Summer Inform may not be able to provide. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, the phrase Uno controls there in passing. Um, and I'd be curious to, to d just dig in a little bit there, if just for the sake of, of clarification. So like, you know, but when I hear controls or, you know, some specific type of controls, usually I think of, you know, like vendors like a Telerik or whoever who have controls for um, you know, for different platforms that that I might want to bring in. Like if, if I was a developer working with Uno and I wanted to bring in 
perhaps some outside controls or something like that, or, you know, it could just be a library on NuGet that someone built like a UI library. Would I be looking for those cross-platform controls then? Or would I really just be looking for someone who has UWP controls and then Uno would let me use those UWP controls on other uh, So the, the, uh, the biggest part here is, is to be able to use a UWP control with the source, of course, because we don't do binary uh, binary compatibility there. But uh, with the source, the, the idea is that you can take that control and, and compile it on top of uh, Uno. And because the UWP API is the same, then you can you can theoretically make it run on all platforms. So when I say theoretically, is that maybe in some controls, uh, that control may be using something that we have not implemented. Uh, but for to give you an idea, we, we took the uh, Telerik controls, uh, the UWP ones that exist, and uh, we're, we're in the process of making those control run uh, on iOS, Android, and WebAssembly. So, of course, those controls are pretty complex. There are a few, there are a few things that don't work yet, uh, but that, that that gives you an idea. It's the same thing. It's the same process as making the, the uh, Windows Community Toolkit controls uh, run all, on all those platforms. So the, the project, like the website for it, which we'll obviously link to in the, the show notes here, it mentions uh, Uno as being a very Windows first thing from a developer perspective. What, what does that workflow mean and look like for Android and iOS developers? So the, 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 uh, the reason we chose originally uh, to, to go with the UWP route uh, first is is the uh, the tooling that comes from Microsoft in terms of designing XAML, um, and and specifically one feature that we, we actually work with Microsoft uh, in terms of defining requirements or you know helping in the direction uh, is the XAML edit and continue, and that feature is very you know, it, it's pretty advanced. And, and there's no, aside from the XAML side, uh, the um, HTML side, where you can you know, edit a page and have the, the feedback right away in terms of modifying the, the HTML, um, you know, let's say Flutter or maybe even XAML forms in that, in that regard, don't, don't do the, the modification right away. Most of the time, it's, uh, it's an edit and reload. Um, it's going to be modifying. So maybe there's a few, I think there's a Gorilla player that does kind of similar things, but it's not It's not exactly the same. So uh, what XAML Edit and Continue provides um, inside of Visual Studio on Windows is basically, uh, you know, find new project and then edit your XAML and C Sharp to build your app without restarting the debugger. So that that's the end goal, and there's it uh, it provides quite a few uh, few tricks there to be able to just adjust bindings and uh, and uh, create your UI and uh, add some code that uh, that allows you to iterate very quickly uh, and and have your UI stay in the same state visually and and uh, adjust to create your app without restarting the debugger, and that makes it for a very uh, uh, you know very fast loop for development. Um, and that, that's why we chose to stay that route for for uh, for for the Windows centric development. But you know, it, it's not you, you're not forced to do that. I mean, you can develop uh, on on uh, on Mac OS directly if you want, but you're you're not going to have that uh, that XAML edit and continue feedback loop uh, if, uh, development loop right away. We're we're pondering where where we could add that uh, at some point, but for now, it's not uh, what we've been doing. So you mentioned you know support for other libraries like uh, MVVM Lite and. Uh, you said you're working on Teller controls. You know what? What does that like actually look like? Are are you you know recompiling these projects? Do you, are you just um, do they just kind of work out the binaries as is? Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Sure. So uh, the uh, so there's no binary compatibility uh, right now, and and I don't think that we'll be able to achieve that in the, in the near future as well. Uh, but the idea is that we take uh, the libraries for now to to prove a point. So we we fork the libraries, add the new targets um, uh, that that include iOS, Android, and hopefully WebAssembly at some point. For now, we just piggybacking on NetStandard 2 to be able to do that. And uh, Microsoft is working on uh, added NuGet support for, for WebAssembly, but you know, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Uh, and we're taking uh, MVVM Lite, and we see Laurent Bunion with that as well. Uh, and the idea is to, to prove a point of saying, well, we can add new targets to your libraries. Uh, and if uh, if that makes sense with with, uh, with what you're targeting as well, then well you can you can accept the pull request that adds a new target um, or a new package for uh, MVVM MVVM Lite or uh, Prism or uh, Reactive UI or, or all those libraries. So I guess as you know, people start to to pick up Uno more and more, they might go bug the authors of their favorite libraries to you know kind of merge in support for this. Yeah, exactly, and uh, so and, and it's, it also gives an idea of, of what the library should do to be able to do that kind of cross targeting. I mean, we're doing it, but uh, because we need to to have that kind of, of platform support, but uh, that may happen for you know in the future if let's say Net Standard two point one happens to have a new specific feature that that requires them to re- restructure their library to to support uh, more platforms. So is is the basic use case there for 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 kind of mixing say MVVM cross or reactive UI and and Uno that you could let those frameworks deal with all of your say like state management and navigation and all the view models and all that sort of stuff and then defer out to to Uno purely as a, a UI manager is that is that Kind of sum that up. Um, yeah, it's it's basically allow you to uh, to reuse the same the uh, same techniques for for state management, rendering, uh, well, rendering a data binding and uh, asynchronous management commands and things like that 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 work properly, uh, especially for reactive UI. And that that's one that's one very work that's that's quite opinionated in the way the, to develop applications. So uh, they they do have integrations uh, with uh, with the current well the. the um, they do have integration with uh, the current UI toolkit that that's being used, and, and if it's behaving the same on all platforms, it's it's you know it's a good win for for everyone because it it allows you to have everything that that stays the same uh, across platforms and not have to deal with differences uh, you know one by one. So I think one of the most exciting things you know nowadays is the the whole WebAssembly support. Um, you know, I played around with the the playground site, uh, the demo WebAssembly site that you've got posted up, and again, we'll link to that too. You know, how how does that exactly work? How do those pieces fit together? So that 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 story is is very interesting. So um, you know, WebAssembly has been in the air for for you know, let's say a few years, but there was nothing very tangible in terms of of uh, you know, seeing what what WebAssembly does. And and Microsoft and Miguel de Casa have been working on that you know on and off uh, since last year. And the last blog post that Miguel posted was around January and said, well, we do have a few things that we're doing. Well, you can take a look there, but it's not quite advanced. And then you know, a few. few few months pass and in, in, in March there's a new package that end up uh, being available and that and that package um, uh, was used by uh, Frank Kruger to do uh, his OE his OE implementation I look at that and say wow that's that's amazing it just ended up from uh, January in January something that was not working so well it was you know okay for for proof of concept to something that 
basically works as well as it is as it does on iOS and Android. That's what we're talking in terms of, of feature set, and. Um, we iterated on that and uh, you know, starting pushing the limits and said, well, what, what, what happens if we try to integrate some parts of Uno there? And it worked and we pushed and pushed and pushed and ended up with, uh, with something that you've seen with the, with the, the, uh, the playground, which is a full-blown uh, application with uh, XAML parsing at runtime and uh, all the primitives that, that do work on, on iOS and Android in the same way. So... The, 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 the interesting part with WebAssembly is that if you look outside of, of what, uh, what Uno and OE is doing, uh, it's, it's pretty much only linked to, well, let's ditch JavaScript, ditch JavaScript for just the performance parts and, do, and make it work faster. Uh, and it's, it's not related to anything that goes with a UI or making, an applica making applications completely with it. And that's kind of disappointing in a way. And that's why, we're, that's why we're trying to change in terms of providing all those applications and samples that, that make use of WebAssembly and run complex applications in the browser. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's been definitely been really interesting to see the, the huge uptick in, in WebAssembly and excitement and stuff around it. And now we have it sounds like you have your implementation, uh, you know, Frank was, and it seems like it's all kind of sitting on top of uh, Mono's WebAssembly implementation, but then you have uh, what Uno's doing, what Frank is doing, there's the Blazor stuff coming out of Microsoft. Yes. Um, it seems like there's, there's just a lot of momentum around WebAssembly these days. But actually, and as I say that out loud, I realize I don't think we've actually really talked about WebAssembly at all on this show somehow <laughs> up till now. I mean, could you give sort of uh, like, like a high level view of like, like what WebAssembly even is, just just to clarify. Absolutely. So so WebAssembly is basically it's something that's been uh, uh, in, in development for quite a while, and it's it's let's say kind of a virtual machine or. Uh, yeah, kind of a virtual machine that allows to run some code that's related to IL in a way. You know, it's 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 at the same at the same level, but just a little bit below. So there's not a lot of instructions. It's kind of an, an assembly language that you would see with uh, with x86 or ARM, uh, but it's it's uh, it's safer. So you cannot uh, you cannot override memory. You cannot execute uh, random parts of the code. You cannot uh, do things that are unsafe. And um, and the reason for that is that uh, you know it's in the web and then in the web browser you don't want to you'll know, be open to any executing anything that that would be problematic so uh, it's it's a it's a low level binary format that that goes for the web and you can download that uh, on your browser and execute the, and execute that so the entry point is javascript for most of it so you have you you have a bit of javascript that downloads a WebAssembly file and executes that and what it does basically is just manipulate memory uh, as uh, you know contiguous memory it can uh, a web assembly can allocate memory and remove memory or you know, deallocate memory and communicate with javascript that's pretty much what it does and the beauty of it is that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, new technical stacks have been implementing uh, supports for it. So the, the original one were C and C obviously. So that that's where uh, M scripting and all the um, uh, uh, the frameworks like this M is is 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, summing it up, you know, in a very simple way, but it's basically an implementation of uh, some parts of the, 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 the uh, libc and uh, and emulating the POSIX uh, subsystem. So basically, you have a, uh, a way to write files uh, to uh, to the browser storage or things like that, you know, enumerating files and simulating a file system. Um, but there's also a way to, uh, for, for uh, C code, uh, C and C++ code to execute JavaScript. And all of this packaged up allowed for Mono to be able to just uh, you know sit on top of Mscripten and build uh, you uh, execute code and the, the C code of the runtime for Mono uh, and run that on top of Mscripten inside of WebAssembly uh, as WebAssembly and uh, given all of that. It gives the, the ability to have a, a, a garbage collector running, so it's pretty much doing what it does with a normal uh, a normal machine, which is allocating, scanning the memory and to find uh, to find memory that should be collected or not, things like that. Um, and that's 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 what it is at this point. Though, if you put that on top of it, then there's going to be what uh, a DLL, uh, Microsoft DLL, so an, uh, an assembly that comes from uh, .NET, and that would be. Uh, executed as a uh, in different modes and uh, because of the constraint that comes with the WebAssembly there, there are two ways to do that uh, the first one is uh, using what what is called an AOT mode uh, which is just you know, basically compiling down to WebAssembly the, all the code that comes from the DLL in the same way that it's done on iOS and Android to, to have the best performance. But that is not available right now. Uh, they're working on it, and uh, Rodrigo Compera is working on that right, you know, at, at, the, at, at the moment, um, which is you know, kind of a, you know, let's say, a most anticipated feature of Mono WebAssembly. Uh, but to be able to run those assembly at, uh, at this time, where the, the Mono is using what is called an interpreted mode, and that interpreted mode is quite slow. So that's why we're making a disclaimer saying, well, that is slow for now, you know, 50 times slower, things like that. Um, and that, that's what, uh, what you know, the, the, the whole thing for the performance comes from, uh, you know, for, for WebAssembly at this time. So it kind of a, we're kind of in between in terms of, of, of getting Mono and WebAssembly for C Sharp uh, and .NET. Uh, being kind of a full-blown implementation for, for production, but it's it's getting closer. So then, you know, leaving performance aside for a second, you know, understanding the, you know, the lack of the AOT support there. So obviously in interpreted code, it's going to run slow. Um, like how, otherwise, how mature would you say a lot of the, this WebAssembly stuff is? Like, is it, you know, in, in your mind, if, if you got the performance bit sorted and you got AOT compilation and all that, would it be ready to start shipping web applications on Uno in WebAssembly? Like, and is the the UI support and all that stuff basically there? So, uh, WebAssembly doesn't provide anything in terms of the UI, so that that's where it gets interesting, and that's why it's been it's it's available on all those browsers. those browsers, it's available on. Edge, Safari, Chrome, uh, Firefox, and all that, and because it's so simple, uh, all those uh, those vendors have been able to uh, let's say align on the feature set and have an MVP that makes sense uh, to be implemented in all those platforms and have something that that works uh, so well out of the box. Uh, the only the only browser that browser that's lagging a little bit is um, is Chrome. Uh, interestingly, uh, in terms of uh, of performance, they're working on it. Uh, it's it's a Twenty percent slower than the others. Um, Firefox is leading up the pack, and uh, it's 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 quite fast. But in terms of um, let's say fidelity of uh, the execution model, uh, it's it's 
it's running quite fine. You know, all browsers are doing exactly the same. Uh, the differences come from HTML itself, uh, where you know displaying some UI from there is just rendering HTML. So there may be differences in terms of what the CSS is able to do, or you know, let's say the input model or things like that. That may be a little bit a little bit different. But if you put the if you put the performance aside, uh, in terms of feature set, it's it's working quite fine. I mean, it's if if it, if if that performance issue is is resolved, then uh, we're we're going to be able to publish applications running on top of WebAssembly with the current Uno implementation. That, that sounds really cool. Um, you know, how, do, how does somebody get started with this today? How, what do I need to go do to start making an Uno app? Um, so it's uh, we, we've been publishing a, um, a Visual Studio add-in that allows to create a, a cross-targeted application using uh, all those four targets. Uh, basically, just find new project gives you a solution with all this uh, just set up uh, right away. Uh, you can just. Uh, Start editing your XAML and uh, and all of uh, of the goodness rest right away. Uh, it's the WebAssembly and uh, all the iOS and stuff like that are pretty much hidden from uh, from the uh, the development at this point. Uh, and it allows you just to it allows you just to you know, build your application without worrying about about the rest. Cool. And obviously, we mentioned before uh, the the ability to kind of mix in other frameworks, be it MVVM Cross or Reactive UI and stuff like that. Like, is the story much different? It, I'm assuming it's easier to get started with Uno by just doing, you know, file new Uno project and starting from scratch that way. Um, but but if you had an existing project and you were looking to to kind of toy with mixing and matching there, like what does that getting started story look like? So that that one, uh, so we're we're doing some things like uh, determining what the the customers that we're working with uh, would be able to do with that. But the basic idea is that if you have a UWP application uh, and that let's say you have a single project that contains all the files in there, you just create a share project, move all the C sharp files, AML files, assets down to that share project, uh, reference that share project from your Windows project. And then after that, use the template that comes from uh, the, the Uno add-in and just create the other heads that you want to, uh, you want to target and add the missing NuGet packages and then build the other heads that use the, the, share project, the share project that you just created from your original code. That's pretty much the, pretty much the, the path that, that needs to be followed to be, to be testing with an existing application. Same goes for, for a library. You can just take your code, um, and retargets using uh, using Orin Novotny's uh, you know MS Build Extra stuff, which is pretty amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, and just retarget your library and make it work for iOS, Android, and and WebAssembly uh, you, uh, by just sharing code that way. Sounds like I need to take a look at this for my uh, Pool of Math app uh, <laughs> to get it going <laughs> on the web at the very least. Um, you know, our, so we went, talked about the platforms that you support now. Are, are you planning on adding support for any other platforms, you know, for any like Linux platforms or Tizen or anything like that? Uh, so we're we're uh, we're getting a few questions about Mac OS, Linux, uh, and other targets like uh, running on Raspberry Pi and things like that. Um, Mac OS is an interesting one because uh, Apple has been chasing a few universal things uh, mm-hmm. on its own. Like uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say it in English. I think it's Marzipan. I'm not sure exactly. Yep. So um, the, the cross-targeted cross-targeted uh, UI kit framework thingy that that they want to to look at. And the thing is that we don't know exactly how that, how that is going to look like, and uh, we don't want to invest in in developing something that goes for Mac OS and and um, you know the NS 
advanced UI stuff that comes from macOS if they're going to change everything that makes it easier for us to target both. So we don't know exactly what to go. We're just uh, we're in a wait and see posture uh, for now on, on macOS, uh, but it, it looks like we're going to be targeting for 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 that in the in the next year. Um, so for now, what we're suggesting is people to to take a look at WebAssembly. It works everywhere. Probably going to be adding the Electron support uh, pretty soon to be able to to make run as a desktop app uh, and not run inside of the web browser. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's and that, that's pretty much the same story for Linux. Although there's no there's nothing in terms of uh, cross targeting, but for Linux, it's it's just about adding a new uh, underlying toolkit like GTK or things like that. Um, it's based on demand, really. Uh, we'll see what what people ask and and the popularity of a of, few, of a few asks. Uh, if you if you if you want to uh, to inf- influence the uh, let's say the the backlog that we're looking at, then upvote features uh, on on our GitHub, and we'll, we'll take a look. How much work is generally involved in in adding support to to Uno for for another platform? Like I know on the Xamarin form side, it's kind of you know you just have these sets of things you have to implement, and obviously each platform has its own complications under the hood. But is it sort of a kind of well defined set of interfaces for each head that you want to add to Uno? Well, there's two ways to do it. Two ways to do it. There's uh, there's the uh, new kind of a uh, let's say blend-in approach, which is uh, inheriting from native controls if the if the the underlying toolkit allows for it. So that's what we're doing for iOS and Android. So let's say uh, a stack panel or a grid is directly inheriting from a view group or a UI view. That, that's what iOS is, is iOS and Android are, are allowing us to do. Uh, but we're, when we're on the WebAssembly, uh, we can't we can't do that. We can't inherit uh, from a WebAssembly side uh, directly from a, a JavaScript object or a div or things like that. So we're and in this case, we're just uh, uh, you know, in, in interacting with. Uh, the DOM uh, from the the WebAssembly side, so there's there's that's another way to to work with it. And if, if that happens, we're probably going to be doing some things like that uh, and 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 create a uh, new shadow DOM, if you will. Uh, that's pretty much the, the way to, to do that. Um, uh, you know, for for GTK or, or other targets like that, it depends on on what the, pro- the platform provides and and the way we can interact you know, deeply into uh, into the object model of the underlying system. So uh, one more question I've got it like is there any sort of app that's particularly well suited or perhaps maybe the opposite not well suited for use with Uno? Um, well, I'd say games are not well suited for that. I mean, it's it's the kind of it's the type of uh, of uh, you know, type of application that that requires a lot of uh, you know, uh, fine grained graphics and things like that. It, uh, it's not to say that it's not possible. It's possible to make games using UWP and XAML, but uh, you know, Unity is more suited for that kind of things. Uh, the interesting part of of this type of application is that you know lots of things and and Flutter is is making it clear in that regard. Um, they're targeting mobile, they're specifically mobile, and nothing else. I mean, it, they say in their in their in, in, when they have a ask about it, what you know, I want to be able to do desktop with Flutter, and they say, well, you know, if you want to do it, you just do it. But we're not going to do it. Um, the thing is that's interesting with UWP is that because it's been developed for such a wide range of of, of form factors and devices that. 
a lot of those APIs are really are already available. And and if 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 you want to add a, a very specific features for let's say windowing or things like that, that that are going to happen Android on Android and, and iOS at some point because of of the converge uh, conversion between uh, devices, um, those APIs are going to be available. And and so. Would say you know uh, consumer apps, uh, line of business apps are, are the best targets for that, um, and, and it, it it makes it for a good a good target for uh, for desktop apps as well. Cool. So we've talked through we talked through a lot. I mean, we mentioned obviously we're waiting on the the WebAssembly performance side for for that to, to fully mature for that platform. Uh, you mentioned eyes towards like um, you know integrations with other frameworks and and platforms like. What else is is on the the upcoming roadmap for for Uno? Not that it sounds like you have any. Shortage, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, well, for us, it's uh, it's about adding uh, new features like uh, uh, new everything that comes from the the, the newest 4.0 version of the Windows Community Toolkit, like uh, the data grid support, which is kind of a big control. Um, Telerik controls as well um, that, that we want to add support for it uh, completely, uh, especially for WebAssembly. It's, that's where there there are a few things that are lacking there. Um, we have also a few things with the Civilite coming up, uh, like testing. I'm testing a few things, like and and. You'd be surprised. I mean, quite a lot of companies have been investing quite heavily and making very large applications using Civilite, and and they're pretty much stuck you know, at this point. You know, they they they're 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 against the wall, uh, and they, they don't know what to choose now. Do do I go? Uh, do I do I use something like WPF? But I want to go on the web. If I want to go on the web, then what do I do? Do I do Angular? Do I do Vue? Do I do? Uh, you know, I, I, they don't know what to choose. And and what we're trying to do here. Is, is say well if you want to do uh, if you want to keep your expertise that you had with using Civilite then then you can use Uno to to target uh, to target those new platforms as well as mobile because you can do mobile now with with Uno and and reuse your skill sets uh, and your teams and and and, and reuse your code um, and and one thing that we're working on is is be able to take the the old Civilite toolkit. And uh, and takes parts of that uh, toolkit and, and just adjust them to make them run on uh, on on Uno and uh, on the web, iOS and Android. That's pretty cool. And and the reality is, like, if you really think about it, like WebAssembly, um, like, and I've I've sort of made this half joke before. Like, WebAssembly is really just like Silverlight, but cross-platform, right? Like, it, it's the the it achieves a lot of the goals of Silverlight back in the day, but doesn't require browser plugins and all that sort of thing. So it's it's all that promise, but actually kind of coming to yes, fruition. Yes, it is. And you know, the, the, the more interesting part is that it's not you know, Civilite and all those, in, uh, the, the you know, Flash and all that, were, were vendor-specific. And that, that's ultimately what caused the demise. I mean, it's, it, it were either not supported or left out or you know, pushed uh, to the side because of a, you know, another vendor that, do, that would not want to support it. To support it. And WebAssembly is, is multi-vendor. So, and it's not specific, it's just a very simple, simple spec, and that what makes it very interesting because you're all supporting it. Cool. So, do we miss anything that that we should definitely make sure to mention about Uno before we wrap up here? Uh, you know, visit the GitHub. You can you know provide feedback, uh, you know, pull a request, anything like that. Uh, be sure to check all the demos that we've uh, put at the top of the GitHub page uh, to see what what Uno uh, on the WebAssembly is able to do, and that all those demos can run as well on iOS and Android. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely link to to all that in the show notes. But but thanks so much for for coming on the show, Jerome. And thanks for inviting me. 
Absolutely. And, and I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about all the, the cool new stuff at, at some point. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> and thanks to everyone, as always, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Don Mobile.